0: The round reminds us that we're all active participants as we stay on this journey together. We're all here to receive something this morning. We also all have something to give. So as we soak in the grace and truth of God's love, we can also pour out love by serving others. Maybe for the first time ever today, I have a sermon prop, but I don't use it till the end. So I need someone to hold it until I get to the very end. Thank you, Sarah. Okay. Thank you. Perfect. Love it. So here we are, we're at the end of 2017, one day away, hours away from 2018. So this is a really natural time just in our own lives to reflect back on 2017 and also to look forward towards 2018, to reflect backwards in thankfulness for 2017, to look forward with anticipation into 2018. I don't know how 2017 was for you, 2017 was probably the longest year of my life. And most days it felt like it flew by. But I imagine for many of us, 2017 was a mix of all kinds of things, the good, the bad, the highs, the lows. I know towards the end of 2017 was a very heavy time for our congregation in general. 1 Thessalonians 5 says this, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now this is different than saying, God, get me into a certain set of circumstances so that I can be thankful. And this is also different than saying that you have to be thankful for everything that happens. You don't have to be thankful for everything that happens. That's not what this is saying. This is saying in the midst of whatever is happening, find something for which to be thankful. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's not uncommon for someone to ask me, what is God's will for my life? Well, I can tell you part of it. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The end of the year is always a natural time to stop, a natural time to look back and to ask, what happened in 2017 for which I can be thankful As we start to reflect on that question in our own lives, I invited a friend of mine, Lindsey, to come and share a little bit of how she would answer that question. What happened in 2017 for which I can be thankful? So everybody join me in welcoming Lindsey. The balcony loves you.
1: to warn him that I had no clue what I was getting myself into. He would continually turn these reasons into why he felt the Lord would use me perfectly in this ministry. <laughs> so in obedience I said yes. What the Lord would do through this service opportunity in my life is something I could talk about for hours. And and what I end is, is what I am most thankful for. I have seen the fruit of his love for me, his love for the youth and his love for those I was lucky enough to be called to lead alongside of throughout this year of youth ministry. What I'm still wrapping my head around today and what event in my life has undoubtedly been the biggest leap of faith in my life is the moment this summer when the same person who I sent a bullet point list of my insecurities to asked me to consider or pray about applying for his job. He was leaving at the end of 2017, which does mean that today is his last day, and inevitably this meant that Lake Forest Davidson would be hiring for a new youth ministry coordinator. I walked away from that moment of being asked to consider it, looked up to the proverbial heaven and laughed, and just said to God, what are you up to? And after a month of wrestling, I applied, applied, and with a mild level of anxiety, I clicked a button, submitted my resume, submitted my cover letter, and felt this immediate peace, the peace of following the Lord that has been an important part of my year. This peace would carry me for a bit, um, but here's the kicker. And the truth of what it's like to be constantly insecure. The safest way for me to navigate this was to convince myself I wasn't going to get the job. And so it would go through the hiring process. I would overcome one insecurity and another would present itself ready to bring me down. Throughout the process, I made it clear to the search team. I was in this ministry regardless of the outcome. I was in this because I was acting obediently to what I knew knew in my heart was the Lord's call in my life. I cared about this ministry above what it would mean for me on a personal level. When I look back on the hiring process, I can say this. The Lord was always present, propping me up along the way through so many people, through his word, and through the peace that, quote, surpasses all understanding. In sort of a summary, and in case you can't tell where this is going, or don't currently know, I did get the job. (laughs) And here's the thing. I can stand here today and I can say to you that there's this circumstantial change in my life. This this year of obedience, the Lord has given me a new job and a new job title. But I say that and share that with warning. The outcome does not change how this has been the most intimate period of walking with the Lord in my life. And what also remains the same is this. This This is still the greatest service opportunity in my life. I'm still serving the same God and on the same team and serving the same youth whose lives have changed mine for the better over the course of this year. And trust me when I say there are so many details to be shared. How he worked this out, how I was able to be one of twenty-something and then one of twelve and then one of three to just being one in this hiring search is literally beyond my comprehension. So the only way for me to make sense of this is to promise God that I will continue to serve with his will at the center of this ministry and not mine. And because of that, I am thankful. And what I am most thankful for are the lessons or two important lessons that he taught me throughout the process. Number one is this truth. I am not perfect, nor will I ever be completely rid of doubt or fear. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, God directly says to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I am grateful for the thorns in my life, the sting of insecurity that will allow him to continue to show up powerfully, that as he teaches me to believe, it is in his work through me and in me where I can cultivate confidence, and when I mess up or wipe out, his grace will be there waiting for me to try again. Number two is this truth. He has put amazing people in my life to help prop me up. He has used so many of you in this room to be a part of this process, even those of you who I didn't tell about the job until it was a done deal. Whether you're the friend who looked me in the eyes, challenging my accountability to obedience as I wrestled with whether or not to apply and reassured me of the Lord's power, or you're the friend whose calming voice talked me through clicking a button that I never thought I would click, whether you're a youth leader who I've been privileged to serve alongside of, or who I'm being allowed the privilege to now serve alongside of, or whether you're the parent of a youth or were a member of the search team. No matter who you are, if you have been a part of my life in 2017, I am grateful for the ways in which the Lord has used you. But most importantly, to the middle schoolers and the high schoolers in the room, the Lord has used you the most. He has used you to encourage me and strengthen me with your smiles, your high fives, your hugs, questions, texts, laughter, and joy. I am honored to have more time to return the favor to each of you, and I look forward to what the Lord has in store for each of us who are a part of or will be a part of youth ministry here at Lake Forest Davidson. And as I look ahead to 2018, there is a new word on my heart that he will continue to use as an anchor this year to continue to reveal his power and continue to challenge me. And if you're at all curious, just find me and ask me, and I would love to keep sharing. (laughs) <laughs> Cliffhanger. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much. I would say I'm pretty well done at that point. That a, a, a little commentary, that's one of the few people ever thankful to be part of a search process I led, so that's <laughs> always a good thing. What about you? What about 2017 for you? Lindsay shared a little about 2017 for her. Part of that may have resonated with you. Part of the, There may have been other things that felt miles away from you. That's what God was doing in her life in 2017. But what about you? As you think about 2017, what happened for which you can be thankful? How did God shape you? How did God rescue you? What door did God open for you? What ongoing saga did God bring resolution to? As you think about 2017, what can you be thankful for? Let's spend a few minutes praying together, thanking God together. Join me in prayer. Lord, as we look back at 2017, the highs and the lows, the good and the bad, We are reminded of the words of 1 Thessalonians, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so in this quiet moment, we just find things to say thank you for. Just talk to God. Lord, we know you're not done working in any person's life here today. And yet, before we look forward, we want to look back. We want to recognize your goodness to us. Whether you have brought us into an opportunity of unending joy, or you have been our only support through an a trial that seemed impossible to withstand. We say thank you. And I pray we can look forward with anticipation because we look backwards with thankfulness. We make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So that's the looking back part. You look back, I look back with thankfulness, but we look forward with anticipation. Because this is that time of year where we often make resolutions. We think, what do I need to do to make 2018 a little bit better than 2017? And yet we're here today because at some level we acknowledge that, yes, what we do is important, but it's nowhere near as important as what God does, that we need God to be at work. We need God to go first in shaping us, to go first in rescuing us, to go first in opening a door for us, to go first in bringing resolution to some situation in 2018. We'll play a role in all that, but we're also waiting for God to work. So earlier this year, I preached a sermon on Psalm 27, verse 14, which says this, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Now, I'm sure all of you remember this sermon. But for the new people, I will reiterate the content of it. Just for the new people, I repeat, this is only for the new people. My major point was that when we wait for the Lord, we wait patiently and we wait expectantly. We wait expectantly. We wait expecting God to do amazing things. But we also know that God does not share our timetable. God does not share our sense of urgency. So we wait patiently and expectantly. And this is the feedback I received on that sermon. It went something like this. Waiting is hard. That was a brief summary. Waiting is hard. And I agree. Waiting is hard. And there's no quick fix for that. And as we sit here, hours removed from 2018, there are places in our lives where we need God to work. Where we want God to work. And waiting is hard. There is no logical reason why God has not already solved the situation and waiting is hard. And waiting has always been hard. And there's this little known part of Jesus' early life that I think gives us some guidance on how to wait expectantly and to wait patiently for God's work. It comes from Luke chapter 2 from the verses that Joe read for us earlier. I'll just say if you don't have a Bible, you're free to take the one in the chair next to you as our gift to you. That can be a late Christmas present, an early New Year's present, whenever your birthday is, a half birthday present, whatever. Our gift to you. Throughout the month of December, we've been looking at different ways that people worshipped Jesus when they first met him as a baby. So the wise men gave gifts. Mary said yes to God. Mary pondered and treasured things in her heart. The shepherds went and told others. The angels sang this little song to God. And today I want to look at a kind of unexpected one, an interesting one to add to the mix, and it is this, Simeon waited expectantly. Simeon waited expectantly. In other words, waiting for the completion of God's work can be a form of worship. It can be an authentic response to God. We turn our lives in God's direction. We attune our hearts to God. We attune our minds to what God is doing. Our trust of God grows even while it's being stretched. That waiting patiently and expectantly for God's work can be a way that we worship God. And we see this in the life of Simeon. You'll remember verse 22 When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now at this point, Jesus was likely a month or two old, and his parents, Mary and Joseph, are taking him to the temple to perform some rites specified in the Old Testament. Now, Christians generally believe that Jesus brought about the completion of many of these rites, but at this moment, he's undergoing those very rites. Interesting little uh, moment in history. Verse 25, now there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah so Simeon is an old man he has lived a long life he has lived a good life he is a person who loves God and by God's grace he walks on God's path and though we don't know the exact means by which this happened God the Holy Spirit made plain to him that he would see God's Messiah now we've run into this term Messiah multiple times in our little Christmas series Messiah is a technical religious term, and it means God's Savior, God's Redeemer, the rescuer that God has promised throughout history. So throughout history, people have been waiting for this promised Messiah. And when you translate the Hebrew word for Messiah into Greek, you get the Greek word, for anyone who's been here before, Christ, the Hebrew word Messiah, becomes the greek word christ some people have said well how has that happened?" don't ask me how i'm i don't i have trouble with english so under explaining how greek and hebrew transliterate is is beyond me right i struggle to pronounce that the restaurant with the the bread panara so that is correct right so how the things equate i don't have any idea but I do know that the Hebrew word for Messiah is the Greek word Christ. So when Jesus is called Jesus Christ, that's a title. Jesus the Messiah, not his last name. Simeon had been waiting his whole life to see the Messiah, the Christ. And somehow when he sees Mary and Joseph holding that infant Jesus, he somehow knows that infant is the Messiah. Verse 27. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, "Time out. We need to pause here and make sure we just see what, saw what just happened. Mary and Joseph are just walking along with the baby Jesus. Now God has told them that He is going to rescue the world through their child, but you can forget that kind of stuff." When the only thing in the world you want is more sleep. And all of a sudden, some random old dude snatches the baby from their arms. Let me reiterate, being Jesus' parents is not easy. This is what Simeon said. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. I wish we could see Simeon's face as he looked into the deep and compassionate eyes of the baby Jesus. That moment was the fulfillment of his life because he somehow knew he was in the midst of the fulfillment of history. He spoke these beautiful words about Jesus and then, thank goodness, handed the baby back to his parents. On cue, perfect. But for our purposes today, what strikes me about Simeon is that he waited his whole life for a moment. He waited for decades for a moment. How did he do that? How did he wait patiently and expectantly As we head into 2018, is there anything we can learn from Simeon and apply in our own lives? I think that there is. That's why I picked him as the sermon topic for today. God transformed Simeon into someone who could wait patiently and expectantly. And we don't know all of how that happened, but I know at least part of how it happened, I think, is contained in the words he says at the very beginning when he says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Two simple things. Two things that little simple sentence tells us about how God had shaped Simeon. Simeon waited patiently and expectantly because, number one, number one, number, number, number number one, he lived aware of God's promises. Simeon lived aware of God's promises. At some level, Simeon was aware of what God has promised. Specifically, that God would send the Messiah and that Simeon would get to see him. You and I today can live aware of God's promises. They're often not as specific as the one that Simeon received. But the pages of the Bible are full of promises God has made for his children. So that if you are God's child through Jesus Christ... Or if you ever become God's child through putting your faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible contains a number of promises from God for you. And with a quick Google search, you can start to learn what some of those are. And you may find that one or two of them speak directly to you and what you're in the midst of today. Now you have to keep your critical thinking cap on as you do this because there are some well-meaning, sweet people who try to turn every verse of the Bible into a promise. And in my opinion, that's just not the case. Nonetheless, God makes promises for His children. The Bible is full of these promises for His children, even if every verse is not necessarily a promise. And it makes a difference when we live aware of the promises that God has made. And then number two, number two, number, 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 number two, Simeon waited patiently and expectantly because he saw himself as God's servant. In other words, he didn't just sit around all day waiting for God's promises to come true. And he didn't spend all his time trying to psychoanalyze God and God's action or God's inaction. He set out to serve. He set out to use his God-given gifts to help others and to do so in God's name. This has the potential to really shift our perspective for 2018. Instead of asking, what is God going to do for me in 2018? Simeon is encouraging us to ask, What might God do through me in 2018? How might God use me? How might God use my God-given gifts to improve the life of someone else in 2018? Now, if you'd asked me, how am I supposed to wait patiently and expectantly? I don't think the top two things on my list would have been know God's promises, and serve others in God's name. But that's what Simeon did. It's at least part of what he did, part of who God shaped him into. And it became, it allowed him to wait patiently, it allowed him to wait expectantly. It became a major way that Simeon worshipped God. Now, Jesus taught us in Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man, which is a self-reference to Jesus, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. Even Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve, so that when you and I serve others, when you and I put others before ourselves, when we consider others before ourselves, we are following in the footsteps of Jesus. We are worshiping God this verse reminds us that jesus did not stay a baby forever that jesus grew up that jesus taught he was no ordinary person that he was fully god and fully human that the creator of everything had wrapped himself in humanity and moved into our neighborhood so that he might save us rescue us redeem us he gave his life on a cross and he did so as a ransom he paved the way for you he paved the way for me to be sons and daughters of God. God's arms are open wide. God's arms are open to whosoever of us will receive Him and commit ourselves to Jesus. Jesus served you. Jesus served me in a way that we could never repay. By paving the way for you and me to be sons and daughters of God. Jesus served us in a way that we could never repay, but he never asks us to repay it. He asks us to pay it forward, to serve others with the gifts that he has given us, to do so in our side of our church, to do so outside of our church. And somewhere along the way, we will realize that serving somehow assists us in waiting patiently and waiting expectantly for God's work. And you could remember it this way, okay, I need my prop now. That means I'm at the end. Thank you so much, Sarah. (laughs) The closest you got to be an altar boy. Yes, that's right. We can make you a vicar if you want to be. Some of the earliest Christians described serving as waiting on tables. That's literally how one of the earliest Greek words for serving got translated. Waiting on tables. Serving, a server. Someone who waits on a table. So, what are you doing in 2018? That's where I need my prop. I'm waiting. That's what I'm doing in 2018, I'm waiting, I'm waiting expectantly. You hear the double meaning? I'm waiting expectantly. If you can't see what happened, I put a little thing on my arm like I'm a table server. At a very fancy restaurant, might I add, like the Chili's. I'm waiting expectantly in 2018. I'm waiting for God to complete the work that he started. I'm waiting for God's promises to play out. I'm waiting for God to transform me or to open a door for me. And while I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on others. I'm serving others that they may taste God's mercy. Maybe even turn towards Jesus. I'm serving. I'm expecting that God will do amazing work through me as you and I do small things with great love. So Lake Forest Davidson, what are we doing in 2018? We are waiting. We are waiting expectantly in 2018. So here's my little question for you as I wrap up. As we enter 2018, in what area of life are you waiting on the completion of God's work? And in what concrete way are you waiting on, serving, waiting on others in the meantime? In 2018, we are waiting. We are waiting expectantly. This is part of why, for instance, we start the new year or the almost new year doing with these quest to 27 opportunities. These are just chances for you to find a way to serve in our church. It's kind of in the culture of our church, but if you're newish and haven't found a way to start serving or you've been around for a while but have sort of fallen out of serving, opportunities for you to wait on others. A lot of great opportunities in our community, opportunities for you to wait on others others. As you think about the business environment you'll walk back into, for instance, opportunities for you to wait on others as we wait for God's work. Let's pray together. So we've looked back in thankfulness in this quiet moment, as we reflect on what God taught us through Simeon and how he worshipped God, let me just give you another opportunity to talk with God about waiting in 2018. Waiting on God, waiting on others. Just talk to God. Lord, I pray you would work in our lives in amazing ways in 2018. I pray for our congregation, you might open a door for a person. You might bring resolution to a situation for another. You might transform someone's character. Lord, I pray for others of us that 2018 will be the year where we put our faith in you and follow you. Lord, I pray you'd make us like those early Christians who when they heard the word for waiting, they heard that as serving. I pray we would be people who serve who serve others, and who serve others in your name, that they might taste your mercy in this world as they could taste it in the life everlasting. Lord, some of us may simply be here today because the new year is coming and we truly need a fresh start. I pray that Simeon would be our tutor in this. The completion of Simeon's life was when he got to worship Jesus. And the Lord, I pray we would find our fresh start in Jesus. There's nothing we have to repay We are invited to walk into the wide open arms of God in Jesus' name. Some of us need to do that today as our way of beginning the new year. We make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.